the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Everybody, hope everybody had a, uh, a great Mother's Day if you celebrate that holiday. And uh, we'll get to the album in a second as to why I'm playing this. But a, a big happy birthday. I don't know if she listens, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, a big happy birthday to my, my dear best female friend, Nicole. Um, we've known each other since uh, seventh grade. Um, 40 plus year friendship. We've shared laughs. We've shared tears. Uh, we've shared good times and bad times, and uh, she's always been there for me, and I've always been there for her. And uh, happy birthday, uh, Nicole. Not going to say how old. She's a very youthful individual, let's put it that way. Anyway, uh, Stay Hungry, the title track uh, from a Twisted Sister, which came out uh, this past week on May the 10th, 1984. Pretty wild. Or 1983. Was it 1983? I think it was 1983. I could be wrong. Anyway, tremendous album. No, it was 1984. Because I saw the 30th anniversary of that, or the 40th anniversary of that album when they went on tour before A.J. Pirro passed away um, at Starland Ballroom. It was just amazing. Played the album cover to cover. Um, You know, the SMFers were there. It was just a a fantastic show. And we got a great show for you tonight. Because coming up in 10 minutes... Josh Bernstein, the author and beer expert, is going to join me in studio for two segments. His new edition of the Complete Beer Course is out this coming week. Got a big launch party to go with it. We'll dive headlong into the book, uh, as well as where the launch party is, how you can get tickets for it. Uh, And it's a great deal, by the way. Great deal for one low price. Uh, Not only do you get the book, but you get a couple of beers as well. Um, uh, Stickers that were generated by AI, which are really cool. Uh, I posted some pictures on our Instagram account. Um, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a great book, and I love talking with Josh. And he came in studio, and we did two segments, and it was just it was pretty awesome. So you definitely want to check it out. All right, let's dive into this beer news because obviously we have two segments with Josh. We're not going to have a lot of time uh, for a lot of beer news, but uh, get a slice handy because Pizza Party is back. That's right, Killsborough Brewing uh, Pizza Party is back. This is year number three for this. Early bird tickets go on sale tomorrow. That's tomorrow, May fifteenth. They'll be fifty five bucks. Once those tickets are gone, tickets jump up to the general admissions price of $65. Now, what can you expect? Four hours, outdoor picnic-style event. It's rain or shine. Uh, unlimited beer samples from local breweries like Killsboro Brewing. 
Uh, I know of one other that'll be there, and I'll say it. Icarus will be there as well. Um, but there'll be others. We'll talk to Sean Torres about that in the coming weeks. You get fresh pizza made by some of the best Staten Island pizzerias in New York City. Uh, they've raised $20,000 for Snug Harbor Cultural Center, and they're going to hope to raise even more this year. And that's where the event is. It's Snug Harbor on Staten Island. It's a beautiful open area. Uh, you know, bring an umbrella for the sun, bring chairs. There'll be, I believe there is going to be a band instead of a DJ this time. Participating breweries and pizzerias to be announced. Pizza Party takes place Saturday, July 29th from noon to 4 p.m. Pizzaparty.killsboro.com is the website for more information. It's an awesome event. All the proceeds go to Snug Harbor. I love buying a ticket for this event because I know that 100% of the proceeds goes to Snug Harbor. And Sean puts on a fantastic event. Uh, everybody comes with some fantastic beers, some lighter ones, some IPAs, but it's just, it's always a good time. I cannot wait. And for the price, and you get fed for the whole day. It's fantastic. It's a tremendous event. I'll be there. I'd love to see you there as well. Uh, Stone Brewing has re-released Stone Down Understruck IPA, which is a rebrew of the classic Stone 19th anniversary Thunderstruck IPA. It's now available nationwide. Uh, it has tropical fruit flavors, including papaya, mango, and pineapple, surrounded by pleasant malt and lingering bitterness. Uh, it is a 9% ABV. It is available for just a limited time, available in 12-ounce six-packs cans, 22-ounce bottles, and on draft nationwide. Find it at find.stonebrewing.com. Uh, you can also get it online in certain states. Uh, they don't ship to many, I believe, California, Virginia, uh, a couple of others. Um, Heavy Seas has announced that you can take home four different iterations of the impending Doom Double IPA series in one package, including Impending Doom, Dangerously Dank, it's a brand new West Coast double IPA, uh, all of the 9.5% debauchery in one can sampler. It's coming later this May to a retailer near you, so you'll be able to get it. I'm I'm sort of guessing it's going to be in a, if it's four, it's probably two cans of each. It's probably a 12-pack. Um, and on Saturday, June 3rd, they're going to have a Doom Day, every impending Doom, on tap at once, plus music, food, specials, and more. Stay tuned to uh, Heavy Sea social media uh, for updates. Our good friends at our mutual friend brewing company have announced their lineup of May beer releases. Um, and what's available right now, El Waka, uh, this is a collaboration IPA brewed in collaboration with Novel Strand Brewing Company. It's a 6.5% ABV juicy IPA. It's hopped with El Dorado, uh, Rewaka hops, uh, resulting in notes of fresh lemon, grapefruit, zest, pineapple, pear, and watermelon. That beer will be available on draft and both locations as well as in 16-ounce cans at OMF. That's out now. A Bon Frise, a photo-fermented mixed culture sour ale with strawberries. It's been aging in a photo for a year. First time release is flavors of fresh and candied strawberries. It's a 5.3% ABV. It's bottled condition available in 500 milliliter bottles and on draft at OMF. Weirding Way is OMF's Brett Saison series. This time they're releasing a Lorien Weirding Way. It's photo fermented for six months, dry hopped with Lorien, a newer hop introduced in 2021. It lets the malt bill shine. Uh, you got a, a little Brett Funk in it. It's a 7% ABV palate uh, pleaser. Bottle conditioned, open carefully, they say, available in 500 milliliter bottles and on drafted OMF. Now, coming up Saturday, May 20th, uh, this will mark the familiar return of OMF favorites such as Laramere Street Lager, a 5.4% Hellas Lager, a Wicked Wit, a 4.8% ABV wheat beer brewed with orange zest, and then a Clemens Smoked Lager, a 5.4% ABV smoked lager made with 100% Colorado ingredients. That's pretty cool. And then finally... On Saturday, May 27th, 
uh, which is Memorial Day weekend. Fixed Blade makes a triumphant return. This 14.9% barley wine has been aging in Law's Whiskey Barrels for 16 months. The last time that OMF released this beer was back in 2021. Uh, This is going to be on draft as well as in 12-ounce cans, which, you know what, sometimes for beers like that, you like it in a 12-ounce can. Maybe you want to have it, but you don't want to share it with other people. And if you crack open a big bottle, you've got to drink the whole thing, or otherwise you've got to pour it down the drain, which is never a good thing, um, especially a beer of that size. So, you know, I like the fact that sometimes they put out these boozy beers in 12-ounce cans. I think that's actually a pretty smart move. Our good friends from Trogues have announced the release of its Summer Better Variety 15-pack. Uh, this includes three 12-ounce cans, each of year-round Trogues favorites, limited releases, and a never-before-released beer. Anchored by Perpetual IPA, which is the best-selling IPA in Pennsylvania, each pack also includes the refreshingly complex Sunshine Pilsner Grape Beer with Soft Bright Seasonal IPA Field Study and the Hazy Clean and Crisp Perpetual Haze IPA. But exclusive to the pack this year is their brand-new Summer's Here. It's a crisp, refreshing, dry-hopped lager featuring notes of bright citrus, lemon rind, and flowering herbs, perfect on a hot summer's day at the beach, at a backyard barbecue, on a mountainside, or paired with any other outdoor summer activity. It's a 15-pack. You can uh, It's out now uh, across the brewery's entire distribution footprint, or you can head over to Trogs and check out where it is near you. And then uh, finally here, I think, is it finally here? Nope, we got two more stories here. Uh, the Colorado Brewers Rendezvous, the Salida Ca- Chamber of Commerce, and the Colorado Brewers Guild proudly present Colorado Brewers Rendezvous. That's going to take place on July 7th and 8th. It's one of the most highly regarded craft beer festivals in the state of Colorado, featuring hundreds of craft beer offerings from more than 60 Colorado breweries alongside majestic views of the Collegiate Peaks and the sounds of the Arkansas River. Uh, tickets for both the previews and Colorado Brewers Rendezvous, as well as uh, the participating breweries, uh, breweries, you can just go over to Eventbrite, and they have a list of particip- participating breweries that you can also check out. I believe it's an Eventbrite link uh, as well. Uh, the Colorado Brewers Rendezvous, a cherished tradition uh, and uh, since the Salida, uh, Salida Beer Festival in 1995. It's a very, you know, 27 years. It's a big deal. Um, again, they have a, uh, a Friday night session, which is a preview. The 20 Colorado craft breweries will be pouring exclusive beers not available at the Colorado Brewers Rendezvous. Those tickets cost 70 bucks plus fees. You get a glass, unlimited tastings, and light bites. And then on July 8th, it's more than 60 participating Colorado craft breweries. Uh, this is the, the first event is at the Steam Plant Theater in Salida. The second event is at Riverside Park in Salida. Uh, that's from 2 to 6. General admission tickets cost 60 bucks plus fees. Include unlimited tastings, a commemorative tasting glass, and access to food vendors. If you want the VIP ticket, that will cost you 120 plus fees, including all the perks of general admission, and you get in an hour earlier, which is cool. So thanks to our uh, good friends uh, at the Colorado Brewers Guild, as well as Shea Franz, for sending over that information. And then finally, Lawson's Finest is bringing Sip of Sunshine in a stovepipe can at 19.2 ounces. This 8% uh, lupin-laden uh, India Pale Ale, packed with juicy tropical fruit character, bright floral aromas, and delectable layers of hop flavor. You can't beat it in a, in a stovepipe can. I love Lawson's Finest, and I just had a sip of sun, a sunshine last weekend, and I forgot how good that beer tastes. It is just a fantastic beer, and I'm glad I had it, and I paired it up with a nice cigar, so it was a, it was a good weekend for me. There you go. Now, when we come back after a short break, Josh Bernstein, author, beer expert, going to join me in the studio for the next two segments. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Lots of other places, but we're on Google Podcasts, iTunes, uh, Alexa, Odyssey.com, all over the place. And, of course, my favorite place, the HoppedUpNetwork.com. Uh, there are a plethora of beer podcasts uh, on that platform, and usually a couple minutes after my show ends uh, live on Sunday nights, the podcast version of the show with no commercials, by the way. Don't tell management. And you can download it and listen to it at your leisure. My next guest, he's back in studio with me, which is awesome. It's been a bit uh, since he has been on the program. He's an author and beer expert. His book, The Complete Beer Course, the second edition, hitting bookshelves uh, in June. There's actually a book launch party coming up this week in Brooklyn. We'll get more into that in just a moment, but you can find his books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. For more info, check out his website, joshuambernstein.com. Let me welcome back to the studio. We're post-pandemic. I love it. People are out. Josh Bernstein. Josh, how are you? Yeah, happy to be here and happy to be back in the studio in person again. I think the last time we talked on the phone, which right? is great, but it's not quite the same thing. No, it's not. It's not. And one of these days, we have to do one of these things where, actually, we should just do it at a bar somewhere where we can actually talk back and forth and have a couple of beers, and who knows what happens by the time we get to the fourth beer. I think that would be a great idea. Better conversation. I mean, that's what beer makes you do. Beer makes you come together and makes you talk. Exactly. Now, the second version is out in just a couple of weeks, although there is a book launch party coming up this week in Brooklyn. We'll get to that in a few moments. It's available to pick up at your local bookstore or order online. I know you spent a lot of time updating it during the pandemic and giving it a fresh look. If you could pick the most important change in the book, what would it be? I think the most important change is just taking away the recommendations to go places. I think like the, pande- the pandemic made me rethink, I think, what was the purpose of beer exploration mm-hmm. in a world that we couldn't explore. And also to that point, right now, we just have so much options in our own backyard right. that you can go to your bodegas, you can go to your gas stations, you go to your local Applebee's and get great craft beer everywhere right now, too. So telling you to travel halfway across the country to get this transcendent experience where you can have a transcendent experience at home made no sense. And so I tried to take out like the beer festivals, which may not exist, mm-hmm. the restaurants that were many of them were closing, the bars, right. many of which were closing too. Sure. And I think I tried to replace it with uh, with people. And I think beer is people. And I think back in 2013, what ended up happening was so much of it was built around the idea of the uh, the brewmaster, right? right? It was one person was these figureheads for the breweries, and they've done a great job. Don't get me wrong. But Absolutely. a brewery is a big part. It's a big machine that's got canine operators, quality control technicians, um, seller people, and on and on and on. So I wanted to showcase both the diversity of the industry and the diversity of roles by telling the stories of people that inhabit these spectrums. So I spent time like telling their stories. So even if they change jobs, get a new position, they're still going to be, their stories I think are still valuable. Right. And plus, I mean, we have options like Tavor and other things now where you can order a beer from somebody and have it shipped pretty much anywhere in the country. I know there's certain states where it's still illegal, but I mean, the brewery just this week announced they're shipping to 47 states. I mean, they closed their DC shop and basically said, We'll ship anywhere. So, I mean, that's that's another great advantage, too. Yeah, it's been this democratization of craft beer in the pandemic, I think. Whereas previously you waited in line for four packs, and now you get that four pack directly delivered to your doorstep. And it's made, I think, if you want to try something, chances are you can try it. Right, exactly. Now, full disclosure here, Josh, uh, you have a section in the book about pairing uh, beer and cheese. I borrowed liberally from it during an event that I co-hosted a few weeks ago. Perfect. I hope uh, it worked right out. Manhattan. Oh, no, it worked out great. Uh, people were very happy with it at the French Cheese Board. Um, I owe you a beer for that one. But um, do you agree that beer and food pair up more naturally 
than wine and food or d- disagree? I would say there's more latitude for beer pairings to kind of, um, I think with wine, you have to hit things on the head a little bit closer. Mm. But beer with its scrubbing carbonation, with the uh, ability of it to hit so many different notes, the malt sweetness, the bitterness, I mean, the acidity perhaps. I think you have a lot more latitude for pairing with beer than you would maybe with any other beverage. Gotcha. And in and in your book, you do you know tell people, uh, there's nothing wrong with trying beers and there's nothing wrong with pouring out a beer. If you don't like a particular beer... You shouldn't be sitting there and drinking the entire thing. I mean, I know everybody does sort of a three-sip rule when they're drinking mm-hmm. beer. You got you really don't taste it till you get to that third sip, whether or not you like it or not. But it's okay to pour out a beer if you don't like it, right? Yeah, I fully believe we've only got a certain number of liver tokens in any day. And so it's like, <laughs> why? My doctor keeps telling me. <laughs> I know. But like, why waste on something that doesn't make you happy? I mean, right. beer should make you happy. If you're wincing to get through it, I get that you may have spent money on it but i mean it's like there's plenty of other beers out there that are going to make you happy too so this one doesn't pass your muster it's like go to the next all right talking with author josh bernstein he has updated one of his books called the complete beer course second edition a book that will turn you into an expert in 12 tasting courses you can order the book on amazon barnes and noble etc uh for more info check out his website joshuambernstein.com we're here in studio on the algatulo craft beer cast on am 970 the answer now we were talking before we started of the interview about non-alcoholic beers mm-hmm. and how they're making uh, a resurgence over the last couple of years. Part of it pandemic-related. People are trying to stay healthy, maybe not drink as much alcohol. Um, now, uh, Athletic Brewing just uh, just recently uh, has announced that one of their beers is going to be on JetBlue fr- uh, flights uh, full-time. You can purchase one in flight. What's your take on this, Josh? Is it a byproduct of the pandemic, people wanting to stay in better shape uh, and not have boozy drinks, or is it something else? No, I think it's a byproduct of the pandemic. I mean, there's multiple factors. Definitely a byproduct of the pandemic where wellness became a thing when everyone's sick around you. You may want to, like, take better care of yourself as well. But I think it's been this huge missed opportunity for years as well. I mean, the beer industry does a great job of targeting kind of, like, under like underutilized niches and mm. finds a way to maximize them. And I think non-alcoholic beer for the longest time was just sort of this complete uh, complete afterthought. It was kind of this punchline to a joke. Like O'Doul's right. was nothing more than a joke to right. so many people. But I think the other thing we have to think about too is like what we're four plus decades on into this craft beer revolution. If we say it started off in the late 70s, early 80s, and like drinkers are getting older. If you start drinking at, when you're 21 and 80, you're now in your mid-60s right now. Right. Maybe you've had to cut back for health reasons and maybe your doctor says you can't drink right now, you really need to cut back. And so these beers allow you to kind of have that craft beer experience that your palate has become attuned to mm-hmm. and without the alcohol on there. Because I think like once you taste a better version of something, it's hard to go back to the beginning. It's like, look, you know what a McDonald's burger tastes like and you know it's going to deliver this satisfaction, but you're under no pretenses that a McDonald's burger is better than like a steakhouse's burger made from like right. uh, trimmings from dry-aged beef. And so if you go back, so it's like it's hard to go back to like the lack of flavor once you know what flavor should be. So mm-hmm. I think this is allowing people to hopefully stay in this like craft beer game and like keep drinking high-quality, flavorful beer. Right. And the, and the other thing that we're seeing too uh, during the pandemic and, and, and again even before the pandemic, Hard seltzers, canned cocktails, all of these things uh, are starting to become a part, or, or already are a part of the mainstream. What's interesting about the non-alcoholic stuff, Corona is now coming out with a non-alcoholic beer. They're all starting to sort of pick up on that because you're right. They want a piece of that pie. If somebody's doing it, oh, wow, they're doing it well. Well, let's figure out what it is you know, and get it done, which is, which is interesting. Yeah, and I think these big breweries, too, have, you know, it's all about how 
great is your team behind you? And these big breweries have the bucks to make, I think, like really great facsimiles. Mm-hmm. Like Guinness Zero Zero is terrific. Heineken Zero Zero is right. terrific. I mean, you have to like the flavor of these beers originally. But yep. if you do, then you port over to this world of N.A., you're not going to be disappointed. Right. And Estrella Galathea makes a fantastic non-alcoholic beer. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, obviously zero tolerance for... Uh, for alcohol drinking and driving in Europe, I mean, they make a tremendous beer that if you're looking for something with no booze in it, uh, certainly a, an option. Yeah, I was going to say a, a tag on that, too, but culturally you have to think, too, like we're not a country that really celebrates, like, modest beverage intake. No, Oftentimes, never. too, that's not... We always country, do it the extreme. We're a country of great excess, too, but I mean, like, <laughs> if our liquor laws changed and you couldn't, like, the drinking and driving penalties were greater, as they are in other countries, too, I think people would rethink how they can go about doing things, maybe right. change behaviors. This is, you know, but it's uh, it's interesting how different countries have adopted NA beer for different reasons altogether. Right. Um, the other thing, and we're talking with Josh Bernstein here in studio with his new book, The uh, Complete Beer uh, Guide. That's the second edition from Novice to Expert in 12 Tasting Classes, Revised and Expanded. Um, one of the things that uh, you mentioned, Josh, uh, uh, before we take a break here, uh, beer festivals, they seem to be on the decline. We were talking about the kickoff to New York City Beer Week uh, back in February. I thought it was well attended. It was well run. Um, but I've noticed that you know we're seeing less and less people heading to beer festivals. Has the beer festival sort of is now passe? I think the beer festival, if you're just getting distributors to fill a square box of a room with their like mass market brands out there and getting people to walk in the circles as a crowd gets increasingly deafening. I think that festival is over. Mm-hmm. I mean, a festival without thought doesn't need to exist right now, too. When you can create your own beer festival by going to any grocery store and splitting six packs with a bunch of friends. Right. I mean, that you can find great that same beer there, too. But if the beer festival is done with like great intent, care, maybe a specific perspective, I think that can actually be very valuable right now, too. I mean, I don't think we're going to find beer festivals draw people in the broad ways we used to. Right. But um, if you're a diehard craft beer fan, there's an IPA festival, a style festival, a specific festival with a viewpoint, that makes a lot of sense right now. Yeah. I mean, the Firestone Walker uh, Beer Invitational every year sells out. I mean, an enormous event. But they carefully curate it yeah. to what they want and tailor it to their audience, which I think is is wonderful. But I, I do think you're right. I think that, you know, the um, just filling it, you know, checking a box and filling it now, I think you're starting to see people kind of like, all right, you know what? Yeah. I, I've been there, done that. Maybe I don't necessarily want to do that or save my money uh, for something else. Although Jersey City held an event, the uh, Bruzology Beer mm-hmm. Fest, back in February. Enormous success in national company. You got free run of the Liberty Science Center for the whole huh. night. And everyone that was there said they had a great time uh, attending it. Do you think it was Liberty? I mean, it's a cool venue, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a cool venue. And I think so many beer festivals early on were convention centers right. and things like that. Like. Great American Beer Festival is an amazing was an amazing continues to be an amazing chance to drink great beer, but it's, you're drinking inside a cacophonous convention center. Exactly. So the beer doesn't match the environment. Right. And so if you can match the environment to the quality of beer and curation, there's a lot of opportunity there. But that requires you to have an entire marketing and event production team mm-hmm. that knows how to handle this. And like most brewery staffs are pretty kind of like skeleton. That's true. You know, there's not a lot of like people can dedicate like weeks to just pick making a festival happen. 100%. Now, I want to take a quick break. We got so much more to get into with Josh here, including his book release party that is taking place later on this week in Brooklyn, 10 years in the making, according to Josh. We're going to talk about that and a lot more coming up next on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. <laughs>
Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer, little Greta Van Fleet. They are playing. They're touring this summer uh, and into the fall, but they are playing the See Here Now Festival uh, coming up in September, which I will be at in Asbury Park. Which I cannot wait to see those guys again. Those kids are really good. Don't tell me they're a Led Zeppelin clone. They are talented, talented kids. We're talking with author Josh Bernstein. He's in studio. He's updated one of his books called The Complete Beer Course, second edition, a book that's going to turn you into an expert in 12 tasting courses. It's a great book. Uh, it's uh, Order It Now, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. For more info, you can check out his website at joshuambernstein.com. Now, Josh, the book release party coming up later this week, uh, Thursday, May 18th from 6 to 9 p.m., Tell the folks where in Brooklyn is this party uh, going to be that's 10 years in the making. Tell me about it, man. I've been waiting a long time for this. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do that at KCBC, which is a fantastic brewery cool. in uh, Bushwick, Brooklyn. Um, you know, instead of just taking over the brewery, I'm like, I always think, like, what would make me excited to go do an event? So instead of just hanging out in the tap room, we're going to be hanging out back in the brew house proper. And nice. so people are going to be able to get beer. And then we made a, a custom label beer, which I think, like, recently there was all this, like, hubbub about this AI-generated beer commercial. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? So my friend uh, Jason and I have been like testing that out. We made an AI-generated beer label for our custom beer. We made some AI-generated uh, beer stickers as I well, I saw too. that. Thank you for those. That's yeah, great. It's bonkers. But, I mean, just like test out what the potential was to like bring weirdness into this world. But, yeah, so we're going to be doing that. People that come, it's 45 bucks. You get a copy of the book, $35 value, uh, two pints, the can of the commemorative beer, sticker pack, buttons we wait, made. Wait, wait, wait. 45 bucks, you get the book. And two uh, two pints of beer, and then another can of beer, which you can drink there if you want. And then like uh, the sticker deal. pack. I know, I know. You know, I want people to come and have fun. It's not about yeah. like making money. I mean, like I, I think like craft beer events have gotten so expensive in the last yes. like year. I want something that's going to have a lot more value to people. Okay. I mean, so you get three beers, you get like this awesome sticker pack, you get the copy of the book, right. you get a bit me, which maybe has value. I don't know. No, no, that's uh, no, that's good. <laughs> but I mean now. The label itself is it a la- it's a label on a can. Is there beer in the can? Yeah, beer in okay. the can. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna be doing one of a, it's it's a Lager Appreciation Month at KCBC right now. Right. So we're having one of their. I think it's the Octo Hop Fin, which is going to be done with I think European hops. Cool. It's like a great lager on their side. Awesome, awesome. Now, will books be available for purchase on site if pe- people don't pa- you know do the package deal? They want to show up that night on Thursday. Will be there be books yeah, available? Totally. For yeah, people want to pop by and come by and just do that up. Yeah, you're not gonna be able to hang out in the back. That's okay. Well, I mean for. Some might not be for me, you know, for somebody else. Yeah, I would like to hang out in the back, but that's cool that you can actually purchase books there as well. Now, speaking of Brooklyn, uh, you're back doing beer tours again. How's that going? Yeah, we started doing homebrew tours again. I mean, this uh, awesome guy, Brett Vanderbrook, who is in the Brewmanaries, which is New York City's largest homebrew club, um, he had led my last tour before the pandemic, and then he's just been keeping that oil burning, waiting to finally get people together again and get a tour together. And so it's it's gone great. I mean, we had our first one in February. We sold out in like 10 minutes. Cool. Um, our next one's going to be May 13th, and that sold out within like... So so the, the, the homebrew tour, you actually go to somebody's home and they show you the process that they do in, in making beer. Is that you know, essentially what it is? Yeah, or? yeah, we started the idea back off in like 2009, which mm-hmm. is crazy. How many ideas do you have 14 years ago that people still care about today? That's true. Very, very, very few. few. But yeah, the idea originally, if you think back to 2009, there were no tap rooms in New York City because our tap room laws hadn't changed yet. Right. So if you want access to locally fresh 
local fresh beer, you either went to Brooklyn Brewery, bought tokens, maybe went right. to Chelsea Brewing Company on the piers, or that was about it. Maybe some six point here and there on draft. Right. So I basically um, created this idea where you'd walk into different, like a walking tour, you go to different homebrewers' homes, you would drink their beer, and then go on to the next one, like 30 people total strangers then by the second stop you're friends by the third you're like like old buddies <laughs> but what's been incredibly amazing about it is that so many people that were on the tour now own new york city's breweries like uh strong rope uh mm-hmm. single cut uh finback and the gentleman from kcbc everybody was originally a host on the homebrew tour stop so it's been this thing where we've always been i've been working with them and like sharing this journey of like better beer with them for man like 14 15 years That's now awesome. so we've known each other since like before my first book came out, before everything. And so it's just, it's been a really great working relationship together. Very cool. Now, um, for those that want to know, so how, obviously check the website, but how are you spacing them out? Once a month, once every couple of months? I think we're going to be doing them once every two months. Okay. Two months, something like that too. So we've got, um, we're going to be doing another one. We've already got the date for the fall one, nine thirteen. I tend to take a break in the summertime just sure. because... Uh, by, and, la- by yeah. and large, well, you know, by and large, it's harder to brew in a New York City apartment in the summertime. Yeah. So you're either making all saisons or all quite something or the others. And right. so you got to wait till temperature control comes back in a little bit. Sure. But uh, yeah, we're going to be running another event on, I think, the 22nd of July with my friend Aria. We do an event, like she's a Malaysian chef at her place in Flatbush, Brooklyn, where we partner reggae music with Malaysian food and craft beer. And it's just oh. like... Wow. And they have like this 1970s wood paneled basement where we party in. Yeah, but th- that's great. But you know, you're talking earlier on about festivals, what gets you excited, and it's like intersections, right, of different yeah. universes together. So, craft beer people, reggae lovers, and Malaysian fans all come together at this party. And would they have a chance to hang out in one room? Typically, no, probably not. Or they would right. not find, or they would not find a reason to all together join together at that moment and so that's why i still think like having events is really valuable because there is access to better beer more than ever before mm. but there's not access to community which i think coming out of the last couple of years how do you bring people together again in a way and people you know you see it in new york if it rained five years ago people are like whatever i'm going out right now if it rains people are like well yeah yeah, no, I know that. I know we, that feeling. We, we got comfortable. I mean, we got older, some of us, like me. Right. But we also got more comfortable. I think in a lot of ways where we would have, you know, gone past that previously. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny that you say that because uh, when the the folks from the Five Borough uh, Craft Beer Fest were doing their festivals, and they used to have it at uh, the Well in, on uh, Meserol Street in Brooklyn. Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, yeah. A couple, a couple of, um, a, a couple of those events, it was pouring rain, but you were having so much fun. The music was great. The beers were great. You're eating great food. So you didn't care about the elements. I mean, that yeah. was, you know, second second fiddle to everything else that was going on. So I think you're right. And, you know, like, w- you know when it uh, comes to festivals, the Atlantic City Beer and Music Fest was indoors. Now it's outdoors at Bader Field. They don't, the, the promoter doesn't even know if he's going to have the festival there next year because of the fact that Bader Field was now sold to a developer. He's not even sure. So he was like, you know what? We're going to have Dropkick Murphys in 311 this year. He's getting tons of people coming, which is going to be a fantastic event. But next year, he's like, you know what? I may have to have it in my backyard. I don't know. So, Uh I mean, that's the other thing, too. Yeah, I think the venue is really important these days. What's the right venue? How can you get people out there? And, like, what what type of place gets people excited to get out the doors right now? Right, right. And I think, you know, and again, COVID, I think, is still prevalent on a lot of people's minds. And you have to understand that and respect that if people don't want to go because of COVID. Um, and, and so you have, maybe you have to modify things a little bit or maybe 
you know, run a smaller event. We're talking with author Josh Bernstein. He's in studio here. He's updated one of his books called The Complete Beer Course, Second Edition. It's a book that's going to turn you into an expert in 12 tasting courses. You can order it on his website. You can get it from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Back to the book for a moment. Have you added any new breweries in the book or updated information on breweries you previously spotlighted in the last edition. Yeah, totally. One of the things we try to do in the book is create profiles on breweries, mm-hmm. which I think if you are a wheat beer producer, who is the best wheat beer producer in the country to tell their story about what, how they inhabit that style. But so much has changed. I mean, breweries' focuses have shifted over time. For example, in the first edition, we talked to Victory about their lager focus, right? Now, Victory largely produces Golden Monkey and its variants, so they're basically Belgian-style triples are now the— the, the the lead share of the company right. right now. So I was like, okay, we have to swap that out. So Jack's Abbey, which, you know, doing all craft loggers sure. on there too. Crooked Stave was like the wild and the sour chapter. Now they're making their bones on like Von Pilsner and IPAs and, you know, and so I was like, okay, Hermit Thrush in Vermont, which Great focuses brewery. all on sour beer. So I had to really rethink like who was like who basically best exemplifies these beers or even um, Green Flash right there, the IPA chapter 2013. They were the height of the world when it comes to IPAs. And fast forward today, they're owned by a subsidiary of a cannabis company. Right. Right. And so they're still being produced, but they're not exactly at that same level they once were. So Alvarado Street, which does terrific IPAs in California, maybe they're not a name brand to you. And I think but that's okay right now. I think I think right now not every brewery is going to become a name national brand. And so things just don't travel as far as they used to. But I think really, really bringing in all these great new breweries helps, I think, freshen it up in a way and tell their stories. But even going back to Allagash, how did Allagash survive the pandemic? You know, they lost – they were predominantly a draft sale company, right. draft beer. So they moved into cans aggressively. Cans helped save them. Mm. Um, and then they started creating all these, like, spinoffs that are employee – like, employee idea beers that really helped them, I think, broaden their portfolio as well. Which is so, great. you know, Belgian beer is still their core in their heart, but now they've got lots of other great beers out there, right. too. All right. We're running out of time here. You were just recently in Texas, Austin specifically. I noticed that on your Instagram, uh, which already has uh, obviously killer barbecue, but a great beer scene as well. What were some of your favorites? Yeah, favorite. I think like climate dictates how we drink oftentimes too, and Austin's definitely skewing hotter than most sure. right now too. So I think like two things are there, outdoor beer gardens and lots of great pilsners and lagers. Like ABGB was a standout for all their pilsners. Um, meanwhile, brewing wowed me. They're just like this campus with like everything from a kid's playground to like a soccer field to a stage with like wow. barbecue trucks and everything stationed there. Um Live Oak is right by the airport. It's a great last stop in town. But they've just – they had something like six Pilsners on tap, which – of wow. eight beers. And you're just kind of like, okie dokie. S- wait. So six of eight were Pilsners? Pretty much. Oh, you're, I'd be very happy. You're going to drink like a Czech Pils, <laughs> a Polish Pils, like a German Pils, pre-prohibition Pils, all-American Pils, and just on and on. So, And I think that, that speaks to me as far as my shift. It's like – Years ago, it'd have been like, ah, you know, just drink it down real quick, get to the next one. Right. But now I want to like figure out what makes this beer a little bit different. So I still love beer, but I don't need to be wowed by bombast in the same way that I used to. That's that's awesome. Wow. I, see, I have to get to Austin. Not only do I have to go see uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan's uh, statue and all the other stuff that goes on, but got to get there for the beer scene and, of course, the barbecue, too. My guest has been author Josh Bernstein. He's updated one of his books called The Complete Beer Course. It's to turn you into an expert in 12 tasting courses. The new version is out now. Amazon, Barnes & Noble. For more info, check out the website, joshuambernstein.com. The launch party is this week. Check out his website. You can get tickets to it. How do you beat 
45 bucks. You get the book, two beers, can of beer to take home or drink right there, stickers, all kinds of great stuff. Josh, thanks for coming in studio. No, thank really you. It's been a real it. pleasure getting back here. A lot of fun. All right, up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Final segment of the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, Twisted Sisters, Stay Hungry. You believe 39 years this week, uh, this past week that album came out. I remember that, I remember that album very distinctly. Um, you know, I was heavy into Priest at that time. Um, you know, a lot of, lot of different rock stuff, and I remember the cover and Dee Snyder, and people were like, oh my God, he's got a bone in his hand that he's... Now, makeup and this and that, it's just a great album. And um, when they did the 30th anniversary nine years ago, I was at that show uh, at Starland Ballroom, and it was just, it was fantastic. I mean, they were just rocking. Like, it just it was just a kick, it was just a kick-ass show. It was great. Um, glad I got an opportunity to see it. And then I, I, I don't think it was a couple months later, and A.J. Pirro passed away, the drummer. Uh, he was in another band. They were on tour. Um, suffered a heart attack on the bus, and ended up passing away. What a shame. All right, let us move into Suds and Duds, our final segment of the program. But before we get there uh, with some of the beers that I've had over the past couple weeks, Icarus Brewing put out this announcement uh, earlier this week, and they said since announcing the Brew Jersey Project back in November, over 42 breweries across six states signed on to brew their own batch of Brew Jersey. To date, they've raised a total of $40,279, with more on the way. At Icarus, they brewed two batches, and that raised just over $6,500. These donations going to the Brewers Guild in New Jersey to support their advocacy work with local politicians to change the unjust regulations imposed on New Jersey breweries. For more information on these regulations, how these donations are being put to good use, and which breweries have will be participating, visit brewjersey.beer. Uh, thanks to everyone who has supported the Brew Jersey Project at your local brewery, bar, restaurant, or liquor store. We couldn't do any of this without you. And uh, then they asked, who do you want to see participate in the Brew Jersey Project? Tag them in the comments. And uh, Icarus and, and Jason um, have done a phenomenal job at promoting this and raising over $40,000 is pretty impressive, um, you know, to help out. And look, more work needs to be done, folks. Uh, this is not over. This is a fight that's going to continue in Trenton. For quite some time. The original bill didn't even get out of committee. They're breaking it up into three smaller bills. Who knows if that first bill is going to get passed. The clock is ticking. July will be, is right around the corner. Uh, the ABC, ha, I believe, has overstepped their bounds as an organization. I think Governor Murphy um, it could very easily overstep his bounds. And really, it's not overstepping his bounds. He could just simply say, we're going to put a moratorium on all of this until we can get some legislation to take care of things. And they can do it. Um, he keeps saying, I can't. Well, he can. Yes, Phil, you can. You can do this. Do you want to help these people? Breweries in New Jersey are going out of business. They cannot continue to sustain themselves. And we've had more than enough. Uh, uh, Jeremy Lee's from uh, Flounder Brewing, um, you know, Chuck Garrity at, at Death of the Fox, they're all fighting the fight to try and get people's you know, opinions changed. And get the legislators on board. As I said last week, I think part of the problem 
the there are two separate guilds. They're fighting one another. They shouldn't be. You need to be one guild, one voice, one movement. That's how you get things done. If you're in two separate factions, nobody's going to listen to you. And it gets tougher and tougher and tougher as every day goes by. It's not good. All right. Suds and duds. I'll get off my soapbox on that right now. Uh, Beach beer by Coney Island Brewery. This is a a six-pack that I picked up before I left when I was there a couple weeks ago uh, to interview head brewer Jim Betts. Uh, It is a solid summer beer. Solid Kolsch. Great for the beach. Obviously, beach beer. Great for the beach. Um, But great anywhere in... um, in a warm weather environment, you can have a couple, not feel overwhelmed. A very, very tasty beer. A bunch of beers that I had at Paragon Tap and Table. I love that they have Modest Brewing now uh, at Paragon from Minnesota. False Pattern, a banging pale ale, juicy, uh, low ABV, and I enjoyed this. I, I think I had, I, I think I had another one after this. And usually I try to go to the next, you know, like new beer. Um, but uh, that was such a solid beer. I had to have another one, especially the fact that. It was juicy with that low ABV, which I loved. Uh, then I had Zeal uh, with Nelson Hops by Eredita Beer, uh, a banging double, uh, really good stuff. Enjoyed that a lot. And then from Frost uh, Beer Works up in Vermont, a lush double IPA. It was a perfect nightcap, um, hazy and juicy, really delicious. Was out to dinner with friends uh, and good conversation. Always uh, a good time with, uh, with fr- you know friends, good food, whatever. And Paragon, they're changing the menu up a little bit. They're going to have a nice... Summer menu that Chef Juan is doing. If you haven't been to Paragon Tap and Table Exit 135 in beautiful Clark, New Jersey, they have their patio open now. You can bring the dogs. You can hang out on the patio on Thursday nights to doing different things. Uh, m- music on Fridays and Saturdays, a killer brunch. But now Chef Juan is changing some stuff up on the menu. Should be out in about a week or two. And um, he's doing a fantastic job, and I can't wait to try all of his menu items. Royal Rug by Alternate Ending. I was down there to visit uh, John Henderson from the Atlantic City Beer and Music Fest. His cigar fest went off this weekend, uh, which I'm sure was a good time, but the Atlantic City Beer and Music Fest is taking place in just a couple of weeks uh, at Baderfield. Can't wait. Uh, they were selling tickets with no fees, which was pretty awesome. Uh, so I uh, got to spend some time with John. He bought me a beer, which I thank you very much for that, sir. Uh, Royal Rug is a, just a fantastic beer. My son and I went. They had a burger special that night. I had that. My son had a pizza. It was great. No, he did not have beer. Uh, but Alternate Ending is always doing a fantastic job with with all of their beers that they make there. Great place. Great place to uh, to drink and a great place to eat as well. Uh, Turnstiles by Twin Elephant. This was a nice, smooth-drinking beer. It was just fantastic. In fact, I'm not exactly sure what style. I should have wrote it down, and I did not. Um, so actually I could find out well, would it tell me on untapped? Yeah, it's a lager. Okay. That's what I thought it was, but I wasn't, I wasn't uh hundred percent sure. Sweet, you know, had that nice, uh, you know, that breadiness, uh, with that, with that little hint of sweetness in it. Just a great beer as usual. Twin does a great job. Twin elephant in brick city, by the way, doing a tap takeover at Paragon tap and table on uh, Wednesday, May 24th. So I'm hoping to stop by for that. Uh, for a little bit, because two great breweries, and they do a great job. And Bricks, I think, is celebrating seven years, eight years this week, six years, something like that this weekend uh, over at their place. Um, I was at Brick Farm Tavern uh, first week of May uh, for an organizational meeting with uh, Brewery Strong, which we're uh, raising money uh, to further people's brewing education. Uh, we've done a really nice job so far. We were gonna, we'd like to do more this year. And... Um, 
we got together to talk some things. So we decided to meet up at Brick Farm Tavern because phenomenal food and, of course, true and beer. So um, I started off with Independent Radio, which is a fantastic, fantastic IPA. I just love everything that Troon does. I've had a bunch of Troon beers, never had a bad one. I'm not going to wait online for stuff. You know, maybe one of these days I'll go when they do a release. But honestly, it's one of those things where I'm like, you know what? I can't, I can't be bothered to wait online. So if you go to Brick Farm Tavern, this is the best part. You get a fantastic meal and you get to drink whatever Troon they have on tap there, which is kind of nice. So the independent radio, <clears throat> excuse me, excellent beer. Then I had a Blinded by the Past. Very good, grapefruity, a little dry at the end, but a solid, solid beer. And then for my nightcap, it was Full Moon Witchery. Had a small pour of that. Um, silky smooth coffee, chocolate, delicious. It went um, it went perfectly with my affogato uh, for dessert. Uh, so it was excellent. What a fantastic beer. What a great place. Look, if you've never been to Brick Farm Tavern, you should really get there because they do everything right there on the farm. It's all farm-to-table cooking. They have 165 acres. They have cows. They have chickens. They have pigs. Everything is done right there. The portions are huge. You will not go hungry. Um, it is an excellent meal. On the weekends, fire pits. They have. Uh, I think they sometimes have some music playing. There's a distillery there. Obviously, Troon Brewing is there. There's no tour of Troon. You know, they just make the beer there, and that's it. But it's the only place where you can get Troon you know, on tap, because they don't uh, distribute anywhere else. The food is amazing. The ambiance, it's a historical, it's a historical building. Uh, it's just gorgeous. Um, do yourself a favor. You want a nice treat? You want a great dinner and go out for a really nice treat one night? Hit Brick Farm Tavern. I think they're open Tuesday to Sunday. They're closed on Mondays. Um, you will not be disappointed. I promise you. Now, my thanks to everybody involved in the show including my guest, Joshua Bernstein, uh, with his new book, The Complete Beer Course, uh, which is out uh, this week. Uh, and he's having his big launch party. The launch party, let me just make sure I get this right here. Um, I'm on his site, joshuambernstein.com. So, uh, da, 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 da. yeah, uh, The uh, Complete Beer Course, 6 to 9 p.m., Kings County Brewers Collective, KCBC. Uh, check it out. You can get tickets ahead of time. Uh, the book package is 45 bucks. You get an autographed copy of the Complete Beer Course, uh, plus two pints, a special edition can of beer, and a custom design designed sticker pack. If you want just the, um, if you don't want the, uh, you don't need two books. So you get, uh, for 20 bucks, you come with your partner, you get a, a, a couple of drink tickets, you get two pints, a special edition can of beer, and a custom designed sticker pack. It's really cool. JoshuaMBernstein.com is the website for more information. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.